Welcome. It's wonderful to see everyone streaming in, taking their places. <clears throat> Please enjoy the, the sound of the bell as we begin to sit. As we sit together, 
I might encourage you to just very gently and softly allow your attention to rest on the breath as is common. No need to manipulate anything. Just softly attending to the breath and I am suggesting not a kind of laser focus on any aspect but just your whole body breathing wholeness of your body breathing. And you might notice as you bring your attention to your exhalation no need to capture one they come in a rhythm in fact it's not an actual thing you can capture but Notice exhaling the release maybe your surrender to the release the body exhaling on its own. A curious offering yourself back to the world. Just surrendering to each release. And in some unnamed space or feeling there's a confidence of the inhalation to come that doesn't require you. As you surrender to the exhaling time and time again. But there is the inhalation. 
as you very gently rises up from your belly. Allowing for the space to open a bit. Maybe just a little a gentle breath. Noticing the expansion. It's quite natural. Freely taking in the world. Just melting into the embodied rhythm of experiencing with the breath as our momentary focus. Unable to distinguish what comes first or what comes second. There's just the fullness of releasing and surrender, opening and receiving together, rhythmically. All moving within this primary awareness, unbound awareness, not particularly personal, and yet it moves with and as your body, freely open and alive. This is aliveness. Releasing, gently opening. Surrendering to the world, receiving the world. In a moment when I sound the bell, we'll use our breath to form words and sounds and align ourselves with a verse that has meaning for us. And your breathing will continue without your having to attend to it. But this melting into a releasing surrender and this opening to a channel for life through your inhalation continues 
vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. number of you were uh, with us this past uh, week and weekend in the uh, uh, meditation intensive in our our retreat as it were at home <clears throat> and where we focused on silent illumination and this and on the embodied reality of experiencing as the essence of sitting and there were some things I've been, uh, you know, reflecting on, even if you were not in the intensive. Uh, hopefully you got a little taste in our sitting and the invitation to instruction. And from the teachings of Huang Ji, then expressed by Agyugo and the, the, the commentary that we were using as a, as a teaching, he speaks about the foundation of the practice being the, the confidence that we are already enlightened, uh, which is another way of saying that freedom is our natural state. It may not be your conventional state that you feel yourself to be in, but it's your natural state. It's the natural state, not even yours. And as we, as we went through the, um, our time together, you know, many questions emerged because we were engaged in inquiry twice a day and also had some uh, deep questions toward the end of the retreat. And these questions emerged about what it meant to remember and realized, realize our true nature as awakening. In fact, that's what gets um, shown light, enlightenment, uh, and that's what we awake to is who and what we actually are. And we spoke about this release, like in the breath, releasing into a larger container uh, so that life energy is looking for a channel through which to flow. So these are things that I was just remembering and reflecting on it is central teachings from silent illumination. <clears throat> and then yesterday in a practice discussion group, uh, one of our wonderful students, 
from Madison, Bonnie Trudell, uh, brought uh, some prompts and she brought some poems. And one of them was from a very famous uh, Japanese poet from the 12th century, Saigyo. And there's a, um, a form of poetry uh, called a tanka, um, which is a traditional Japanese poetic form. Um, and in fact, Saigyo was such a master of this form, he influenced um, many of the later haiku masters like Basho, who you probably know, and, and Hakuen, who took up uh, some of what Saigyo set in place in a new form. And it's interesting to know that Saigyo became, um, he went into the monastery when he was 23, because what was happening at this time in Japan was there was a transition from um, a very a brilliant kind of open time in Japanese history and, and politics. Um, and it, at that moment, things were passing into a, a darker time and a period of, of civil war in the later half of the 12th century. And, you know, we feel ourselves in kind of a difficult, difficult place. So this is the poem, the very brief uh, poem that uh, Bonnie brought to us. And for many of you who live in colder climates than I do, <laughs> this will, will resonate. Ice, ice wedged fast in the crevice of a rock. This morning begins to melt under the moss the water will be feeling out a channel. Ice wedged fast in the crevice of the rock. This morning begins to melt under the moss. The water will be feeling out a channel. Uh, I'll make sure that this gets put with the recording so you'll, you'll have it if you'd like. And there's so many wonderful things that we reflected on and spoke about from this poem and others in the group. But it harked back to what we were focusing on during the intensive. And I thought of a teaching that, a teaching analogy that Joko used a long time ago, which some of you are familiar with because it's a, a little funny, um, where she talks about melting ice cubes and some of you have read this, and she begins by using this analogy of uh, freezing, uh, hardening, becoming brittle and sharp, uh, if this resonates, <laughs> uh, out of our protections and out of fear. It's, it's actually what we mean by uh, creating and holding to a self, uh, the self-centered dream as if we arrange ourselves in a hard pattern. Because ice cubes are hard, and when they bump into each other, um, it can hurt, and they can shatter, and so can we. And I'm anthropomorphizing, which is what her analogy was, uh, but what causes an ice cube to melt, this ice in the crack of the rock in the crevice? 
And she says, you know, one of the ways that an ice cube begins to melt is if it comes up against another ice cube that's melting. Or even an, if it comes, an ice cube comes and meets a puddle, something that's already melted. And that, it made me think of how we come together and our little squares. They're like our cubes, you know. You know, ice trays that we have with the little cubes. Here we are in Zoom. And I don't mean to say that you're a piece of ice, but, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about. We come together and we begin to melt a little bit. And I thought her thing of, you know, if you put an ice cube in a puddle that's already melted, it melts much quicker. It's like someone or something that's actually um, remembered their flowing nature through, and we can warm up through the fire of attention, through the warmth of our shared attention. And she admits in the talk, she says, I, this is silly. I, I know this is a little uh, limited and silly, but it's, it's useful to think of this. And uh, here are some of her words, just so you get a feel for the way she was teaching. She said, uh, and, and some of the analogies she uses, I would probably use a little different words, but I love the, the beauty of what she's saying. She says, some ice cubes get the idea and begin to do the necessary work. They may even begin to get a little mushy. The first thing I notice about Zen students who are practicing is that their faces change. They're softer. They laugh differently. They get a little mushy. But the work is difficult and some ice cubes, even though they begin to soften, get sick of the process. They say, I just want to go back to being a comfortable ice cube. True, it's lonely and cold, but at least I don't feel so much distress. I just don't want to be aware anymore. The truth is, she says, however, that once one softens and becomes a little mushy, one can't become hard again. And she says, with apologies to physics, but an ice cube that has become mushy can never forget its mushiness. That's why I say to people, don't practice unless you're ready for the next stage. You can't go back. Once we start to practice, once we are a little mushy, we're a little mushy and that's it. Even if you only melt slightly, others around us soften too. It's a fascinating process, she said. Perhaps all we can say about practice is that we're learning how to melt. And I would say this mushiness, this um, statement she made about students saying, I, I, I don't want to feel this much distress. I would say she's speaking about the vulnerability that comes with the melting. Vulnerability is possibility. And clinging to habits of protection 
bars or obstructs possibility. And gently softening is possible. We know this. We see it in each other. We hear it. Gently softening is possible without innate violence, without trying to, you know, do something. Because it's our natural state. And it helps to have a teacher, a friend, a sangha, to have these relationships. Because that's like a, a, a bowl uh, in which to puddle. <laughs> you need to be held. A container, a channel through which to flow. That's who we, what we become for each other. Ice wedged fast in the crevice of the rock, this morning begins to melt. Under the moss, the water will be feeling out a channel. And the other teaching that Joko offered is about this channel, about a bigger container, which we spoke about in the retreat. She begins that talk by ta uh, mentioning that we could step back and observe. It's, it's a bit um, about witnessing. We also call it sometimes, you know, unblending from what we're caught in with open awareness. And she talks about the things that keep us contracted, uh, kind of like frozen. Uh, you know, the, the sort of pride, anger, self-referencing, self-centeredness, fear, uh, the freezing. Um, but sometimes we say these are our embodied, you know, parts of us that split off and we hold to self-centered dream. And in her language, she does point to the essential practice of experiencing, not just witnessing experience, a subject and an object, but the full experiencing. This is feeling out a channel. Here are her words. She says, what is created, what grows, is the amount of life I can hold without it upsetting me, dominating me. The amount of life I can hold without it upsetting me or dominating me. At first, this space is quite restricted. Then it gets bigger. It's bigger still. It need never cease to grow. And the enlightened state is that enormous and compassionate space. It's not what fills the space. It's not some new and improved consciousness that you move from. It's the space that's always and already present that we feel our way into in this remembering. And she says later in the talk, this practice of making a bigger container, and you can't see it in the way I've copied it, but at this point in her talk, when she says bigger container, she capitalizes the two words. Hmm. This practice of making a bigger container is essentially spiritual because it is essentially nothing at all. A bigger container isn't a thing. 
Awareness is not a thing. The witness is not a thing or a person. It's the space in which everything arises and passes away, and it's what we open to. At first, it may seem like, you know, this kind of melting or this, um, this change is, is happening mostly out of our awareness. Others might notice it before you do, because we walk around feeling all of our, uh, you know, frozenness or our difficulty, it tangles. But as we practice with others, and you know this, you can see on the screen, you see the softening, and you hear it in people, and then we reflect it back, like I spoke about last week in the mirror, so we can help each other remember. That reflection is part of the fire of attention that helps us melt. This is under the moss. We may not exactly see it, in the crevice in the rock under the moss the ice begins to melt and it seeks out a channel we may not see it but we know it's there it's our true nature to melt and to flow you know and i'm i'm not going to read it all but in a longer uh, one of the blessings that um, john o'donohue the wonderful uh, irish poet and mystic and teacher his blessing for a new beginning, which many of you know, probably. And I like, uh, when I read it, imagine that um, the moss on the rocky paths on the cliffs of Connemara in Western Ireland. Um, here are the first four lines. In out of the way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready for it to emerge. And out of the way places of the heart, under the moss where you may not have noticed, you know, and out of the way places where your thoughts never think to wonder. This isn't some, you're not working it out. This beginning has been quietly forming. You notice water beginning, a little drip. Something's happening. Something's melting. Waiting until you're ready for it to emerge. Because it's always and already there. It's uh, that wonderful line you've heard me say many times from Richard Rohr, where he talks about this is a, we are a riverbed of mercy. The channel that water finds its way. And this riverbed of mercy, which uh, Franciscan priest describes, he said, these are his words, which is a vast, is silent, restful, and resourceful. It receives and also lets go of all the comings and goings, like our breath. It's awareness itself. And he echoes Joko, and he echoes O'Donohue. He says, an awareness is not as such thinking. It refuses to be pulled into the emotional and mental tugs, tug of war that most of life is. To look out from this untouchable silence is what is meant by contemplation. It's what we mean by silent illumination. Ice wedged fast in the crevice of the rock 
this morning begins to melt under the moss, the water will be feeling out a channel. So how do we untangle? How do we soften the clinging? The other words for melting. Where are you uh, frozen? Troubled by automatic patterns which hold you in the crevice of some familiar form of suffering. In fact, what is your crevice? And the rock, your safe suffering place, your, your hiding place. And what's softening right now? Right now, as we're here talking, listening, I'm talking now, <laughs> looking at each other. What is softening right now, beginning to melt, to get a little mushy? What do you notice in your body? What's it like to be near these others who are beginning to melt, puddling? Are you willing to look under the moss? To surrender to the feeling out the channel? Do you notice you're feeling out of channel? Why did you show up? And becoming this larger, a little bit larger container. And is there something quietly forming? Waiting? Is it ready to emerge? If so, then raise your hand and step forward. Hi, Brent. I could see your image. It looked like you were assenting to many things as I spoke. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the poem is so exactly what is happening in my heart. Um, I've been reflecting on all the past head students, all the previous head students, and not even, I'm not trying to, but it's like little flashes of memories of everything um, they've said or showed me, or, you know, I think of, of Robin and a timely word that she said to me when she was head student, I think of Rupesh and his, the way he banged the, the staff. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think of Todd and the way he bowed and walked around the circle. I mean, it's like, it's almost like little photographs, little images, little memories. Um, Eileen and Kathy. They're in you. They're in you. They're in me. And you were in them. And and they have begun to melt me. Mm -hmm. And and it feels like everything else just falls away, and all that's left is just this gratitude that keeps pouring out of my eyes. <laughs> right, melting. That's the melting. And the releasing is that surrender I ask you to feel in your own body and your breath. And how much vulnerability offers this possibility. And some of this, you know, you, you can feel strongly, but boy, you don't feel it quite like you feel it until you go through that small scripted ceremony of entering as a head student. Huh? <laughs> it's as if you're stepping through something yeah i just i i wanted to say thank you um 
on Sunday and I, my tongue was so tied, but I, I needed to say thank you mm -hmm. to you right now in front of everyone. Uh, welcome to your own heart. And for those of you that don't know, yeah, for those of you that don't know, um, Jessica and uh, Nate Smalley entered together as head students for this practice period at Appamata, just in, in case you didn't know. Hello, Barb. I went. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, I know. Yeah. There's a lot of ice here right now in Wisconsin. Frat just sent me some gorgeous pictures yesterday of the way it, you know, does its thing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, what I've been kind of contemplating lately is the fire and ice, the sun on the ice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the first thing um, you said, about coming forward is what it, I can't even remember. There was a melting in me, like I want to, I want to, but mm -hmm. um, there were the other parts of me saying, today is not a good day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't look the best. <laughs> All those kinds of things, like you were talking about last week. Um, but I've had this kind of melting in me, and it's uh, very private and personal, um, even though a lot of other meltings have happened over the past, let's say, a year that I've been practicing real steadily and seriously. And um, it's, it was, um, and I know I've mentioned this, this to you before, the um, my sisters and the family that I come from, um, I'm really doing a lot of healing around my um, attitude toward various people in my family. And yet I have the one sister who's um, my older sister and that was a holdout for me. I was just hardened for so many years and so, um, those ice cubes pumping together. Yeah. And so was she. Yeah. <laughs> and um, even though we both tried to melt a little, I know we did over the years, something came between us. And that was the big divide in, um, well, let's say religion and politics in, in our whole country. And it just got, got more and more hardened as I um, took in what was happening in groups of people. And I just put her right in that whole group and thought the worst. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, so it's been a tough year trying to um, formulate a plan and a way to at least, because um, I can feel in my heart, I didn't want to separate from her completely. You didn't want to stay in that crevice under that moss. Mm -hmm. And um, I just needed to get out because it was really hurting me. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't 
see, um, so I've been trying to understand through others who are <laughs> what I think is the next ice cube over, um, how that is and why some people subscribe to whatever they do and what their needs are. And I've really been trying hard to do that. And so um, my sister asked for a, a phone call and it took me four days. I replied, but I said a little later and it took me four days. Milton's and it's been almost a year. She lives in over the four days. Yeah, <laughs> almost a year over the four days. It's been almost a year since I spoke with her. Um, and probably more than that, too, at least. I mean, she's not vaccinated and I haven't been able, wouldn't have been able to see her anyway. Um, and she lives pretty far away in another state. So I did it. Um, I, I did call her and we had a good conversation. It was um, it, it was easy in parts and then there were parts where I touched on our differences and I could feel right away that her defenses went up and it felt real aggressive from her. And I probably feel the same way sometimes or um, come across that way. So even just talking about it now feels like it reinvigorates how difficult it was. And yet um, I just had to come out and say, um, if it wasn't for this practice and if it wasn't for understanding a little bit better and feeling vulnerable with others in my group, my practice group and with you, um, as a teacher, which I love that bigger container, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even be able to be where I am. And Good that you can acknowledge that and feel some gratitude for it. Yeah. And you know what it's like, we, we don't have to go on and on with the metaphor, but what it's like for there when it, the warm days and it melts a bit, but then it gets cold and there's more snow or there's more ice and then there's the, in the street and it gets really dirty, doesn't it? It's a mess. Mm -hmm. Like when you and your sister meet, you thaw a little and then you freeze again and then you run over each other. It gets messy. But if you just stay with it, keep practicing. Yeah, and I'll know what to say. So many times I think I just have to be honest. And then... Just be, just be, just be kind. Yeah, kind is exactly right. Yeah. Just be kind. Yeah, that makes a whole big difference. Yeah. You don't have to agree, just be kind. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Bonnie, you're next. This is all your fault. Oops, you remuted there. There you go. Okay. Oh, there's that red thread again. <laughs> <laughs> the red thread again. Um, so um, my what's melting in me this moment is um, my protective pattern of feeling myself invisible. And so it's just important to show up in this visible way today um to um 
to say a couple of things. One, that that piece that I brought um, yesterday has been part of my life for a pretty long time. Um, and I've understood it in certain kinds of ways. Um, but the last couple of days, including my you know, deciding to bring it and the discussion in our practice discussion group and the discussion today, the way it just kept, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and and bigger in terms of its meaning and my ability to, or my openness, perhaps not ability to discerning, you know, where it fits in, in who I am. Because you're getting bigger and bigger as you stay with it. Yeah. yeah Not in a personality I, way. You're opening to the space that, that's your true nature. Right. Yeah. So I'm mainly wanting to express a great deal of gratitude for being in this puddle <laughs> with, <laughs> <laughs> with, with others, um, you know, in you know, in the various forms that this practice and is taking. So I just want to say thank you. And I also want to add one more piece. Your concern was there's a tendency, a habit of feeling invisible. Is that right? The word you use? Mm -hmm. There are um, invisible Buddhas and there are visible Buddhas, but they're no less Buddhas. There are times when you'll be visible and times when you'll be invisible. Don't forget that you're still a Buddha. That's still the case. Thank and thank you so much for bringing this. So that because uh, uh, I didn't know this poem and it really helped pull together some things that I wanted to speak about today. So I appreciate it very much. Well, I appreciate the way you pulled all of that together for all of us today. It's lovely. Thank you. We'll continue puddling. Okay. Are Emily next? Hi, Emily. There we are. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yep. Well. Uh, from Lakeway, Texas. Yes. And um, so last week I actually turned on my camera prior to you telling us, suggesting ah, encouraging uh, us to turn on the camera. And today I'm actually speaking and yes. um, I can really relate to what Bonnie was saying and the and you, the visible, the, um, visible Buddha and the invisible Buddha. Yeah. And I loved as you talked on the retreat this weekend that our we are Buddha. We are the Buddha nature is innate mm -hmm. in all of us, whether it's clouded or unclouded. That's right. And yes, and um, I love the analogy today of the ice cube. Ice cube. That's a good one, isn't it? It's kind of fun. It lights yeah. it up a little bit. And with the light of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. It melts it. That's right. And for me, being aware of the um, the fear, the sadness, yeah, 
that just needs to be touched. And, right. and I'm feeling so deary because this uh, retreat was so powerful mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, I loved the um, practices, yes. uh, really moving into the body and Peg's um, first meditation on, um, you know, following the breath, you know, allowing the body to relax. And after the recording, I went back and recorded it on my phone and then have used it as an Mm -hmm. entrance into my meditation periods. Mm -hmm. And um, and then yours today, after it's recorded, I'm going to go back. At, at when it, you were talking, I thought, oh, I wish I had my phone on and could It'll record. There. <laughs> no, 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 it's going to be recorded. I can get it again later. Yeah. Um, I'm just so grateful. I felt such a deep connection with the teachings, with the people. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that we reconnected um, yeah. a yeah. year ago. And uh, and now connecting with this community, I'm just really pleased and looking forward to deeper connection with the community. And um, uh, as you were saying today, that ice melting and seeking out a channel. Mm -hmm. And I know that we are all channels for the great mystery. And that is all that we are. Exactly. And it's innate. It's innate. It's our true Just open to it. It's a little um, sentimental, but I had a thought as you came on. You know, all those years which you've done very deep um, practices with contemplative prayer. And I think of... um, Oh, it just went out of my head. Uh, oh, Father Keating, you know, in Snowmass, up in those mountains where I've been and hiked when I used to live in Colorado and thinking of when the snow begins and the ice begins to melt and flow down. And I thought, oh, but his teachings flowed down and found channels. And you're one of those. And it's joining with this river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Easily and seamlessly and powerfully. Yes, joining with this river. And it, it's been a coming home experience. Wonderful. Well, welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> and and the uh, new beginning that's been quietly mm-hmm. forming. Yes, yes. Yes, a new beginning. Thank you. Bridget next. Hi, Flint. Hey, well, I feel like I'm joining a chorus of people expressing gratitude, but that's how I feel. And what's melting in me is that I was so very much moved by the the experience of being with you in an intensive again. And that serendipitous thing happened this morning because I had a conversation with my son. And um, he was needing some support around something. And I, what came to mind was something you had said in the intensive about 
while being honest and vulnerable will always be the best way to lead with with what you want to present and um, he apparently took that idea and he called me um, during his a break in, for his lunch and just thanked me for the support. Oh my goodness. This is really immeasurably touching because there was a time when we couldn't relate in such, where the river wasn't flowing. Yes, yes. And um, so thank you. Wonderful, these softness has merged. Right, and yeah. we, our capacity, you know, as we soften more, then there's the hope and the optimism that I can feel that this mm -hmm. can, can grow. Yeah, well, apparently this practice does bear fruit if you stay with it, you know. Well, I'll, I'll look on up for this John O'Donoghue poem uh, because it feels like a new beginning. Yeah, I think we can probably link that also. We'll put it with the. We can put that with the uh, recording as well. Well, that would be lovely. The, the whole thing, yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Thanks, Bridget. Yeah. I'm so happy for you and your son. That's great. Have Sasha next. Hello, Sasha. Oh, hi. Um... It's so great for you to step forward here. Yes. Well, it, uh, uh, the only reason I was able, well, the reason I was able to step forward and join um, is because kids are learning at home and, and I'm here at school. So, oh, because I, I see that you're in your office. And for mm -hmm. those of you that don't know, he's a middle school principal, but so the kids are home now? Yeah. Yeah. Because for the last several days. Yeah. Omicron? Uh, yeah. Yes. So I have that luxury of one hour to kind of close my door and be uninterrupted. So, but I, I listen uh, on the YouTube uh, mm -hmm. all other times. So I really enjoyed the last week one too, with the mirror and camera on, camera off and thinking about our students being duds and teachers not being happy with them being duds and really made me think about that. And, and there are reasons they're not turning the cameras on. And, yeah, yeah. So that and uh, uh, today's analogy, I, I, I noticed about my body, I exhaled several times as I was listening and I was paying attention to that. Why am I exhaling? The one of them was, I think you said something about that when the, when the ice cube melts, it doesn't feel in the container. And I remember the physics lesson that the water takes shape of the container. It doesn't right. feel the container. And I thought, wow, I think that because I'm always trying to fill it up, like get get it done, achieve it, you know, reach the goal. But really, it's not about it. It's, to me, it's like what can instead of that, I need to think about what container am I feeling right now? Because water will fill whatever container I'm offering. It will just fill it up. And take um, so, yes, take what shape am I offering? Yeah. Right. So wonderful. And the other thing was about uh, friction. When you said two ice cubes collide, and I, it made me think about how my fear of the conflicts and the frictions and 
um, and how uh, another physics lesson came to me that the gentle friction melts the ice, not collision. That's right. And so, and I, I gave myself permission that a reminder that, that it's okay to to have a friction if I if I am I am desiring or aspiring to melt my ice and the ice of the person next to me, and it is okay to have a friction. Uh, well, also, Sasha, this is friction. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tenderness I, is also friction. <laughs> yes. Gentle touch and gentle friction. Right. Not necessarily conflict. Yeah. So. And before so that, you go, I want to say, um, you know, Jessica is entered as head student with uh, Nate Smalley, Nathaniel Smalley, who you can access through Apamata. And he is a person very involved in mindfulness and Buddhism and education. So you you might want to have tea with him. Okay. And what's his name? How do I get get a hold of him? I need to email you later. So yeah, I'm I'll, I'll, give, I'll make sure you get it. You should have tea with him as head student. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I will. Thank Good. you. But for anyone to know, if you want to have tea with a head student, go to the Appamata website and select the calendar that says practice discussion. And it lists all of the people you could meet with, um, including the two new head students. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Peg. That's great. Yeah, Efrat next. Oh, Efrat, you'd need to turn your camera on or there. Thank sure. you. Let's have a look and see if it works now. There you go. You sent your ice pictures on the right day, huh? <laughs> well, I wanted to add another perspective. First, I felt that I left my little snow Buddha um, as long as I could because he stands in for me. Um, I, I wanted to bring another perspective today. Um, my good friend Kim and I walked on the ice on the lake for the first time, kind of holding hands, <laughs> quite wobbly. Yeah. And the thing about ice is it's moving all the time which is very scary but also we could see the layers of it and how much air is caught in the ice and so you're walking on this solid thing you are very hopeful that it won't melt um, and you realize that underneath it there's movement water is gushing underneath it there are fish there are there's their plants um, and then all these bubbles that you can see through these cracks and bubbles so that it really I have a totally new relationship with ice and also with that ice in myself um, I've been noticing that I really don't um, my camera is off all the time which is contrary completely to all these you know a couple of years of being on zoom I have a some weird reaction. I'm freezing in some way. Mm -hmm. So um, putting my little Buddha there was also part of like, I'm a little cold on, on getting on camera. Yeah, and sure. it's a curious place in which I just want to stay as long as it needs to it. If it is ready to melt, let it melt when I'm not standing on ice. Um, so but, yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's holding it as a curiosity instead of holding it as a position. Yes, that's different. Yes. Yes, and there is a lot to discover when you're on ice. That's right. So exactly. I would and like told, to share that with you. I know we, we're going to have to stop in just a second, but I know that I've told the story of the first time I came to Madison. 
was in February or January. And Catherine and Don asked me, is there something you want to do? And I said, yeah, I want to walk on a frozen lake. I've never done that. And so, and the, and they said, well, how was it? And I said, well, it's not flat. <laughs> Ice skating rink, you don't know, it's alive. It's amazing. So, so here we are in our aliveness. Thank you, Efrat. Thank you, everyone. Let's uh, intone our, the four practice principles uh, to come to our, our completion. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Flint. And thank you everybody for showing up today and helping to create this space and for all the other ways that you continue to contribute. And if you'd like to offer Dana to Apamada and its programs and facilities, then please do go to the calendar at apamada.org forward slash contribute. And here you'll find an opportunity to share to towards teachers such as Flint and Peg, as well as the entrusted teachers such as Laurie, Joel and Todd and towards other events and practice discussions. And please do take a look at the Appamada calendar because there's lots of wonderful opportunities to connect and share on there. So thank you all so much. And if you'd like to continue to meet and share, then please do stay right where you are and join myself and others on the virtual porch for a further 30 minutes. Thank you all so much.